Prayer friend, once again, thank you for listening in to our prayer cast from AfriChrist Prayer Ministries, the ministry that reaches out to the busy person, the millennials, the professionals of all fields, and to the underchurched, uh, often unreached people. These podcasts are the ones that help you to develop footsteps with impact in your prayer life. We believe the scripture that says that the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. We also believe, just like Jesus did and the disciples, Paul and the prophets of old, that our prayers should have impact every time. And so we believe in praying with impact in our ministry. Jesus never prayed a prayer that failed, and he never sent out a command that didn't achieve its intended purpose. He prayed and commanded with words of impact. We are confident that the Bible-based prayer principles that we teach never fail. The Bible says that God's word never comes back to him void. If our prayers are initiated of the Holy Spirit, as it says in Romans 8, then they will never come back void to us. Please thank you again for listening in. We would appreciate if you recommend our prayer cast to your friends. Uh, We would also appreciate if you recommend our app, AfriChrist, to your friends. This app can be downloaded from the Apple App Store and also the Google Play Store. And it reaches out to people like you. God bless you as you're listening. Thank you. Hello, prayer partner. This is Sam Kawesa, your host once again, coming to you from Africa Christ Prayer Ministries. Today we're going to be dealing with a topic that's very, very common yet very unused. Many times we do the things that we're going to discuss, but a lot of times we do not. And we don't realize that when we don't do as the Word of God calls us to do, we really limit ourselves and the power of God from operating in our own lives. The topic is about forgiveness. That's a tough one because many times we find ourselves in a position where we want to be forgiven by somebody else or we need to forgive somebody else. And many times we find a roadblock either from the other end or from our end. Our topic for today is Forgiveness is the doorway to God's grace. And you're going to find that out today, that actually when we do forgive, God's grace is wide open for us to come right into it or to use it. Now, we're going to learn in this uh, conversation four basic principles about forgiveness. And those principles are really things that we may not understand sometimes from scriptures because we just gloss over them, but really never understood them clearly because no one ever explained them to us. So what are these four uh, principles that we're going to talk about today? The first one is that forgiveness is directly anointed by Jesus. Number two, forgiveness is directly linked to God's grace. Number three, forgiveness directly unlocks God's mercy. Number four, forgiveness directly unlocks God's hand of providence. And we're going to see all these based on the scriptures that we are going to give as an example and also from the uh, things that we may discuss as we go on. Now, forgiveness is a doorway to God's grace, like I said. And the very first act of spiritual forgiveness occurs to us when we first give our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ because that's when he forgives us of all our sins, everything that we ever did. It's unmerited favor and that is what we call grace. In other words, we can't work for it. We haven't worked toward it. He did everything for us. Now, likewise, as Christians, 
Our forgiving of others ought to be a common practice in our lives because you know God expects us to be forgivers regardless of what comes our way he expects us to be forgivers and we're going to see the benefits of forgiving and also the consequences of not forgiving so we are really really going to get down to the nitty gritty because these are the things that are common to all of us including myself but we know that this is not easy Okay and it doesn't always happen you know forgiving other people or making it a practice in our lives however when we fail to forgive others we open the door of bitterness in our lives bitterness itself slams the door and may even prevent us from seeing God's work in our lives and that of others bitterness in our lives grieves the holy spirit i want you to know that that when we are bitter in our lives about something especially because we do not want to forgive we grieve the holy spirit and we will see that we must forgive even as Christ forgave us that looks like a tall order for all of us because sometimes you just don't feel like forgiving or people may say i forgive but i do not forget and what do they really mean we're going to find out that sometimes we just say stuff without realizing that we are really making ourselves available to the enemy to be used for his purposes now dwelling on the wrongs that others have done to us or even entertaining uh, gossip or slander leads to the growth of this root of bitterness and we see that in Hebrews 12:15 which uh, tells us that see to it that no one misses the grace of God and no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many we get defiled by the bitter root of unforgiveness statements like I forgive but I don't forget. When you forgive but don't forget, that means you're nurturing that root of bitterness to grow and one day it's going to pop up because you did not forget it. God wants us to forget what people did for us because after that he takes over and we don't have to worry about tripping over the same thing and even if we did because we forgave and because of the power of his grace and the love for all of us involved in the situation, God is going to take care of the situation. okay Jesus who had all the power to destroy those who crucified him he said instead father forgive them for they do not know what they are doing and many times when people do wrong to us they really don't know what they are doing and i'm not saying that that they don't understand that they are hurting us or they are doing that no but spiritually they don't know what they are doing and we're going to see that because they do not understand that we war not against flesh and blood as we shall see okay now jesus could have summoned all the angels to sweep all those people who were you know crucifying him he could have done it he could have just clicked his his hand or his fingers and then the angels would have just come down now jesus though he knew something that we many times miss and that is that he knew that he was not fighting the flesh and blood of those people who are uh, in the darkness really who are trying to crucify him they were walking in darkness but for him he was aware of the powers of darkness he was dealing with and he knew that it's not these people in front of him see 
his mercy over them really actually flowed from the forgiveness that he had already done for them. He knew what he was doing because he knew that this was his mission, um, bring forgiveness to man. And so what he did, he forgave. They, don't, they didn't even know that he was forgiving them already. They didn't even realize that he was already extending grace and mercy to them by not uh, summoning those angels who could have saved him or pulled him out of the situation and then hurt them. Okay, Now, if you don't think that's possible, if you remember in the Old Testament, uh, those who came against Moses, they were not spared. The ground was, uh, you know, opened up and they were swallowed. So it is possible he could have done it, but he didn't do it because his mission was to bring forgiveness to all of us. Jesus knew about the powers of darkness and he knew Ephesians six twelve even before it was written because he is the word of God. Look, look what it says in uh, Ephesians six twelve. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against the evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against the mighty powers in this dark world, and against the evil spirits in the heavenly places. So as you can see, Jesus knew all of this, so he wasn't about to kill all those people or to summon angels to kill all those people because he knew that the fight was not with them, but it was in the heavenlies. That was actually the start of the general amnesty for all of us because Jesus was already walking in forgiveness as he went to be crucified. When you forgive those who wronged you, you are letting God's grace take over both for you and for them. I'll give you an example from the Bible again. Uh, Stephen was being stoned and he was dying. He was hurting. And guess what he did? The Bible says that in his last breath, he forgave them. He said, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. With that, the Bible says that he fell asleep. See, notice that the grace substituted his death with sleep. That's in the book of Acts chapter 7 verse 60. And it says, Lord, do not hold the sin against them. So you can see here that because he forgave, God substituted death, the painful death, with the grace of going to sleep. He went to sleep. The Bible doesn't say, and he died, but he says with that he went to sleep. So you see, God wants us to forgive because then the power of his grace is opened up. As we have seen, Jesus forgave those who are trying to crucify him before we experience grace as we know it, okay, the grace of the cross. I want you to see two points in this story of um, Stephen forgiving these people who are stoning him to death. Now, the Bible says that Paul Oh, at that time he was called Saul, he was in the audience. He was there beckoning them to beat him up, to, to kill him. And so God took notice of this, okay? God took notice of Stephen and what was happening. Now, also number two, I want you to realize that Paul, the great man of God as we know him, was there and he was approving of his death. Those are two important things, okay, that God took notice of Stephen and then Saul was there among the tormentors, the stoners who were stoning him. The Bible says, and Paul and Saul approved of it, okay? See, man may not forgive and may even rejoice at another uh, person's death. But if that person who is being killed or who is going to die gave their lives to Christ and are forgivers and they forgive before they died, even at that very last minute, 
God will substitute their death with the death of Jesus Christ. Because that's what the Bible says, that he died for us. And that's what happened here in this case. Stephen, his death had had already been substituted for by Jesus Christ. And so the Bible says, for him he went to sleep. And so a lot of people who are persecuted, especially say Christians persecuted uh, for their faith, many times they are killed and the tormentors think that they have killed them. We saw all those uh, videos um, of the Al-Qaeda behading them. And and then you wonder, how come these people were not even crying out? But you know what happened? It's because God had already revealed to them that your death has already been substituted for by my son Jesus Christ. And you may wonder, oh, is this possible? Is this true or is it just a talk? But see, let's look at Second uh, Corinthians 5, uh, verse 4. 14 uh, through 21, and then you see exactly that substitution taking place or how it does take place. Okay, I'm going to start with um, uh, verse 14. It says, Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. You see that? Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is the gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. For we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to our God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering of our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So as you can see here, God was a substitute for everything, for our sin. He was the one whose life was offered for ours. In other words, his death took care of our death. So we may go to sleep as Stephen did, but we are not going to die because we are crossing over. As you can see in this scripture, he says that out now, Everything has become new. The old life is gone away. We no longer have the kind of life that is fearful of death, this physical death, because we transition into a new life. As a matter of fact, we have already transitioned now. We are just now carrying this earthly body until we shed it off. So like Stephen was shedding off that earthly body. That's why he went to sleep during his transition. Now, as you remember, there's another story uh, on the cross as Jesus was being crucified. Jesus forgave one of those murderers who are being crucified with him because that murderer really basically had a merciful heart toward Jesus. He chastised the other guy. He says, that, why are you mocking him? You know, at least we did something, but this man has done nothing. And um, 
So the, the man appealed to Jesus. He did realize that this is Jesus himself. This is the Son of God. This is very similar to when Stephen was being um, killed. He looked up in heaven, as we shall see the scripture. But this man also looks like when he was on this cross with Jesus Christ, he realized that, you know what? I am looking into heaven. This man next to me has paradise to go to. And I'd rather be with him in paradise, okay? So Jesus forgave him. And that was the very first act of God's grace and mercy from the cross. Now, we are going to look at the scripture where Stephen forgave Saul. And then you'll understand a few things, okay? But I want you to imagine when we read it, what if Stephen had not forgiven Saul and all those people who were throwing stones at him, killing him? What if, you know? We could say, well, Saul would have become Paul anyway because whatever would be, would be. No, 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 it's not true. Well, remember the words of Jesus Christ after his resurrection when he met with the disciples. He said this to them in John 20, 22 through 23. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So as you can see, Stephen's mercy and forgiving of his tormentors, which included Saul, who we now know as Paul, by God's word extended forgiveness to Saul. Jesus said that if you forgive anyone's sin, they are forgiven. And so what does that mean to us? Why Paul? Why am I concentrating on Paul? Because I'm trying to show you that when we forgive Uh, other people. God's grace extends towards them and also toward us as the forgivers, okay? And sometimes it requires intercession of others. And in this case, Stephen was really interceding for Paul when he said that forgive them. And Paul was among those people who was approving the stoning of Stephen. So that means that Saul's road to uh, Damascus, as we call it, was really... uh, prophetically seen by Stephen here. So he had to forgive him, okay? And that is very important because it shows what intercession does. When you intercede for someone, you're really seeing the power of God ahead of you or ahead of that person because God is going to start using them the way he's supposed to. So you start to intercede for them. And you sometimes you may not even know why you're interceding for somebody. It could be your child. It could be your friend. It could be someone you don't even know. And you're praying for them. You're interceding. But really, basically, what you are doing, you have prophetic being shown, God having mercy on this person will cause them to do what they're supposed to do for God. Okay, now let me read you that scripture of Stephen that I've been talking about uh, where uh, Stephen forgave Paul. It says this, but Stephen full of the Holy Spirit, you hear that? Stephen full of the Holy Spirit gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in a place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. So you see, many times people who gave their lives to Christ and have died in situations that are painful or hard, like I said before, those people have seen Jesus in the place of honor. But they also know that he has that mansion that he promised us with many rooms that their area has already been prepared by Jesus Christ. Those who forgive 
or experience the grace of forgiveness go to sleep in times like this when they're being persecuted and many times uh much as we may pray for the church and we should of the persecuted church actually those people they cross over in a way that we may never understand for example if you remember in the book of um revelation there were these saints who were under the altar and they asked god how long how long and and the bible says that uh, the lord told them that stay a little longer until some more of your um brethren who are going to die for the gospel do the same so you see god actually causes them to go to sleep so we have to be aware of the power of grace and the power of life behind forgiveness so in another great story of forgiveness where you're going to see the hand of deliverance and the hand of provision is the story of joseph you know um remember joseph was sold by his brothers into egypt and into slavery and but when he got there he got the favor of god in the king's court he rose to be the number 2 man in egypt and in charge of planning you know he guided Egypt's uh treasury and uh its economic planning basically and the pharaoh or the king of Egypt basically gave everything to him to plan there was a seven year famine there was a seven year depression as we would call it today he was in charge of the planning but this is a guy who was sold out into a slavery by his brothers as the famine increased all over the place they started to look for food and the only place that had food was Egypt when they got there they didn't know that the man in charge was the brother that they sold into slavery so when he revealed himself to them he forgave them i'm not going to go through that whole story because we are looking at forgiveness here he forgave them and when he did the doorway of god's grace for himself and his whole family was opened as well because you know the famine continued but he continued to prosper in the sense of organization and and uh, uh, collecting food from the egyptians for them and other nations around them okay he prevented the root of bitterness from coming in his life by forgiving his brothers as a matter of fact when he was sending them off he told them not to even quarrel among themselves he told them that even on your way back do not quarrel or blame yourselves genesis 45:4 through 8 I am your brother Joseph the one you sold into Egypt and now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you for 2 years now there has been famine in the land and for the next 5 years there will be no plowing and no reaping but God sent me ahead of you to preserve you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance so then it was not you who sent me here but god if see that goes to show there that many times we may be in a situation and we think that the people have caused us to do this or the other but god has let that situation happen so that he will be highlighted when the deliverance comes like in this case okay god made sure that Joseph was not killed was not hurt but he protected him for the simple reason he wanted to show his power of deliverance and providence through this hard situation if Joseph had not forgiven his brothers god possibly may not have used him so mightily as he did but instead god used him to show the powerful hand of providence 
Whose providence? God, the provider. Okay? So it's all about God. Many times we may think things are happening and we don't understand why. Okay? Now in Luke um, 11, 1 through 4, it says, Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Jesus said this. This is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. So what temptation? I really believe the temptation here is the temptation of unforgiveness where the root of bitterness will start to grow. Now look here what he said. Father, May your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come. Give us each day what? The food that we need. Just as he did through Joseph in Egypt. Give them the food of their daily needs. And then he says, he brings in the forgiveness here. He's tying forgiveness to their being sustained. And forgive us even as we forgive those who sin against us. Those two things are attached together. Unleash the grace and the power of God when you forgive others because he forgave us. The first expression of grace tied to the cross and forgiveness was when Jesus forgave one of those robbers, like I said. That's when we first see the grace of forgiveness. Because even before he died, Jesus started to show us what grace does, the unmerited favor. That thief did not deserve anything because he was a sinner. But see, he repented. How did he repent? He acknowledged his wrong. And he said, but Jesus has done nothing. But we have done all this. We deserve what we get. And for that, Jesus says, you shall be with me in paradise today, this very day. In other words, as soon as that man left the earthly body, he was with Jesus. That's in Luke 23, 32-43. It says, when they came to a place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross. And the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. Who? The crucifiers, okay? And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing a dice. The crowd watched and the leaders coughed. He saved others, but he couldn't save himself, they said. Let him save himself if he's really God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers mocked him also, and offering him a drink of sour wine, they called out to him, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. A sign was fastened above him uh, with these words, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you are the Messiah, huh? Are you? Prove by saving yourself and us too. But the other criminal protested. Don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes. But this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you today, you'll be with me in paradise. Now remember uh, earlier Jesus had said, if you acknowledge me in public, I will also acknowledge you before my father. This thief here was the first one to be acknowledged by Jesus to the father because he acknowledged Jesus 
even during these times when he could have just kept quiet or could have just joined with the crowd, okay? So every time we acknowledge God in whatever way, God will always acknowledge us. This thief had a heart of mercy. He saw a man being crucified for no reason, and he expressed his mercy. Remember, in uh, the Beatitudes, Jesus says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. That's in Matthew uh Chapter 5, verse 7. And Jesus showed mercy to this thief here right on the cross. I'm telling you, this thief had so many firsts for us that we have to look at that situation and expand it to fit our lives. So when we show mercy, God shows mercy to us. Some people have the power and authority to show mercy where someone was being hurt, being killed, being deprived of whatever it may be. And they did not show mercy. And God is saying that, hey, if you show mercy, you will receive mercy. And he gives us a living example right here before Jesus dies, before we even experience the power of the cross. What's more, the person upon whom we show mercy may also continue to greater heights, as we saw with Stephen and Paul. Because Stephen showed mercy to Paul. If you are forgiving to others, God will have mercy on you in your situation. So I encourage you to be merciful to other people. It could be a political situation where someone is being harassed, and you know that it's wrong, but you have the power, the authority, the ability to speak up, and you don't speak up, that means you have not been merciful. You know, like I always say many times, I tell people that silence is acquiescence. In other words, when you're silent about a situation of uh, um, someone being abused, someone being mistreated, someone being um, persecuted, and you say nothing, you are acquiescing with the other person. You are agreeing with the tormentor. So many times all we have to do is to speak up. Many Christians will not speak up when they see injustice to somebody else. God didn't tell us we cannot speak up. There are many scriptures that tell us, speak for those who are voiceless. Okay, uh, If you harbor grudges or bitterness against anyone, you short-circuit the power of God in your life, the power of grace in your life. You know, the Bible says that bitterness defiles many and prevents others from seeing the grace of God. Don't say, I forgive, but I don't forget. No, forgive, forget, and move on. So if you're holding bitterness or anger against anybody, I implore you, forgive them and let God use you mightily, or even them mightily, as we have seen God using Saul to become Paul. In fact, uh, if you remember, Paul and Barnabas were the ones who were picked to spread the gospel to the Gentiles. And Paul and Barnabas worked together, but they had an assistant called John Mark. And at one time, John Mark was younger um, deserted them, or for whatever reason, the Bible says that, you know, he had, or at least Paul tells us, tells us in the Bible that he had deserted them. Paul and Barnabas came to a disagreement. They disagreed so much and so bitterly, the Bible says, because Barnabas insisted on taking John Mark. But Paul did not want to because he's like, this guy, he's a town court. He turned on us before. He may turn on uh, against us. But as you can see right there, Paul 
had the root of bitterness still in him so it's not just you who may not be in ministry but if you can see Paul himself having this problem this issue of bitterness because he could not forget he may have forgiven John Mark but he had not forgotten that John Mark had deserted them Barnabas was willing to mentor him to bring him up but Paul said no 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 so they had this a tough disagreement the bible says that paul and barnabas parted and went their way barnabas went on with john mark but we shall see later on what happened okay many of us are familiar with the prayer a short prayer or it's usually a liturgical prayer you know that usually comes at the end of a fellowship or a prayer meeting and we say let us say the grace forgiveness remember releases god's grace and many times we see his hand come through or his release of that grace comes through many different ways and one of them is as we have seen providence where um Joseph provided for his whole family and uh, two whole nations grace is known as unmerited favor and the reason is we cannot brag about it we cannot say i earned it no one can say i have grace because i did this no we can't you know jesus just gave it to us god just gave it to us and as you look at this short prayer the grace of our lord jesus christ and the love of god and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with us all amen that's a very powerful way to end a prayer or to send somebody off because you are expressing the grace of our lord jesus christ remember i told you that it's jesus who anoints the grace okay and remember when he told those disciples that you know receive the holy spirit if you forgive anyone who has sinned against you they are forgiven that shows that jesus is the one who anoints that grace of forgiveness okay he himself uh, you know anoints it so if we say the grace of our lord jesus christ we are basically saying me all that jesus christ has within his grace be with us and that includes forgiveness that includes not holding grudges that includes not festering the root of bitterness okay and then we go on to say and the love of god the love of god remember the bible says that god is love when you express the love of god you may not even know how to express it but just say god may your love so show in this situation let me tell you the power of god comes out and the fellowship of the holy spirit because we need the holy spirit this is a whole trinity in this whole issue the father the son and the holy spirit just ending our fellowship with other people and saying this short prayer the grace we are including the holy spirit in our meeting in our departure in our in in, in our fellowship in our blessing as we bless other people as we part remember we fight not against flesh and blood but against powers and principalities and when you acknowledge the trinity you are going to walk in that power of resistance so as i've said before Paul had a, a root of bitterness when he did not allow um John Mark to come with them because he had deserted them before but then later on we see in the bible that really the lord had worked on Paul some kind of way Paul forgave John Mark a uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4 I solemnly urge you the presence of God and Christ Jesus who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom preach the word of god be prepared whether whether the time is favorable or not 
patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and they will look to, for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase myth. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me. The crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, for all those who eagerly look forward his appearing. Then he says this, Timothy, please come as soon as you can. Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life and has gone to the to Thessalonica. Christians has gone to Galatia, and Titus has gone to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Then he says this, Bring Mark with you when you come, for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. For he will be helpful to me in my ministry. Remember, originally he did not want to go with him because he figured he won't be helpful to him in his ministry. So he departed uh, with um, Barnabas in a very bitter argument. But now he's telling Timothy, bring him, bring Mark. This is John Mark. Bring him because he's useful. In other words, Paul had come to a point where he realized that he had to uproot the root of bitterness from his ministry or his life. And towards the end, God is so gracious that as this man who we could have said, man, Paul never forgave that guy, that fight, that fight that took place. Mm -mm -mm. You know what? God is so faithful that as Paul is telling us a summary of his life, he tells us that basically he got rid of the root of bitterness against this young man, John Mark. Paul is really showing us that we have been given the ministry of reconciliation as we have seen earlier. And without being, having the ministry of reconciliation with the people you deal with around you, then you let the root of bitterness mess up your prize. Here Paul is saying that, hey, I'm waiting for the prize. I've run a good race. Now the point is, let us run a good race. Let not the spirit of bitterness, the root of bitterness, come between you and God and other people. Forgive. Forgive. Sometimes it's hard to forgive. But you know what? God allows us to forgive so that his grace may go with us. So as we conclude this, I like to say thank you for listening. I pray and hope that you go back and look at the scriptures that if there is any bitterness among you, your bitterness may be different than mine. Your bitterness could be racial. Your bitterness could be uh, family. Your bitterness could be from the job. Your bitterness could be tribal. Your bitterness could be anything. But don't stop the work of grace to work in you because you are letting the root of bitterness grow underneath you. We have seen here how Paul overcame it. And God was gracious enough to show us that it can be overcome. So I'm going to finish by praying our Lord's Prayer, as we call it. Our Father who art in heaven, 
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come here on earth, even as it is in heaven. Forgive us our trespasses, our sins, our wrongs, our misjudgments, our pride, even as we forgive those who have been prideful against us, those who have hurt us, those who have insulted us, those who have abused us, those who have taken from us, even as we forgive them. And lead us not into temptation, the temptation that brings the root of bitterness, the temptation of unforgiveness, because the kingdom is yours and the power and the glory of your grace be with us all. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we bring all this prayer knowing that you are with us. Amen. Okay, my friends, thank you for listening in. And until next time, but before that, I'd like to do one of the very favorite things that people like to hear about the countries who have been the biggest downloaders. I used to just say all oh, the top 10 downloaders, but now what I do, I read all the countries that have downloaded and I'm very, 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 very grateful for all those who download because I know that some people have contacted me that are in other countries where they have problems with the internet that sometimes they do not you know they are not able to download so they that's why their country may sometimes um, fall below the 10 threshold so you know what I'm just gonna read the uh, countries that um, downloaded in the last uh, last uh, let me see I think I should use last 14 days this time so that you know uh, when your country is in here, I do really, really appreciate. And um, this is why we work to spread the gospel, to reach as many as we can in the best way that we can in these times of ours. So now, our countries, oh my goodness, I am so amazed at some of these countries. Of course, as usual, the top is the United States. Then the Philippines has come back on top again. Then, the, then France is what surprises me. France and Russia and Russia. So, so I'm just going to read in the order that I see them on the screen. United States, the Philippines, France, India, Nigeria, Russia, Kenya. Welcome, Russia. Welcome, Russia. I really welcome you people in Russia. Kenya, Jamaica, Cameroon, Uganda, Zimbabwe. Uh, Tanzania, uh, Swaziland, Belgium, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Ethiopia, Ghana, Gambia, Honduras, Indonesia, Mali, Netherlands, Saudi Arabia, Singapore, South Africa. Oh my God, this has been excellent. This is in the last 14 days. We've had that many countries join us on our podcast. We thank God and we bless you all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.